student loan debt and debt in general is something that I think most people today are not a stranger of. And today I have a guest on Mark My Words who I consider the $200,000 man because he is absolutely incredible, figured out how to pay incredible amount of student loan debt back in what I consider a pretty darn short amount of time. He is the man behind Money Life Wax, which I can't wait to learn more. I saw on your blog about the whole philosophy behind the name of your blog, and uh, just a man with uh, so much wisdom and even some edge. The first person on this show I have a backwards cap on. <laughs> Amazing. And nobody cares. I love what's on your shirt. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. That is, that's the truth of life, being happy, in my opinion. So, I love it. And that's why I brought you on the show is Joshua Hastings. Josh, welcome to Mark My Words. How are you doing today? Good, man. Good. I, I love, by the way, Mark My Words. I think that's such a good play on words if we're going to be talking about play on words. And uh, I really appreciate you reaching out. And connecting so we can chat a little bit about, you know, not just student loan debt, but personal finance and wisdom. And I will say, I'm not the man behind $200,000 in student loans. But I would say it's the woman. It's my wife. She's the one who had all the student loan debt. But you know what? We believe when you become one that you, what well, yours is mine, right? And that includes debt. Sometimes people forget that part. Everyone sometimes wants the thrills. Like, oh, we get to share cars. We got a house together. I'm like, you also get the debt. So yeah, the last four years, we've paid off over $200,000 of student loans. And so we're going to be officially done by the end of this year. We're very excited. And uh, like I said, thanks for having me on the show, man. Oh, no problem. And uh, I love how you put what yours is mine. My wife reminds me all the time about yeah. what's yours is mine. So yeah. I love your uh, perspective on that. And uh, I really read up a little bit on your story and we're going to get into your blog and obviously everything that you're doing is a side hustle. You also have a day to day job and that's yeah. a theme of this podcast that we'll get into as well. But I know I, like I said, you know, I still have student loan debt and I know many, many people still have student loan debt. Some in that uh, territory that uh, you have managed so brilliantly for yourself and your wife. And uh, I really just want to get into the whole story. I know there's kind of like a backstory. That yeah. I feel like there came a point where you said, holy crap, I really need to like manage this differently. And I know you, I mentioned before we started, impressed with the $42,000 truck. Yeah, that thing was that story. <laughs> And uh, you, I, I love the way that you put it in your About Me because you're just like, well, I did that. And just yeah. kind of like, what, yeah. what exactly was the perspective? And when did you say, oh, man, I really got to change? Yeah, it, you know, it's funny. Uh, when I was in college, I – went out of state. And so I didn't take out a lot of student. I, I did. And it's all perspective, right? Like in 2009, when I graduated, $40,000 was a lot in student loans. 
Um, now, just to put it in perspective, there's a, one school in the state of Virginia that's a public school where I live. It's, a, it's in Richmond. And it's $30,000 a year to go in-state to that school. So you're looking at 120 k just to, you know, if you don't get any grants, loans, whatever, um, $120,000 to graduate with a four-year degree that, let's be honest, sometimes doesn't even promise you a job, let alone enough money to then pay that off. And so the I, I, reason I share that is because my girlfriend in college, she was not my wife, um, she had like, I don't know, like 70000 in student loans. And I was like, well, I'm never going to marry this chick. She's got too much in student loans. Uh, that just kind of showed you who I was back then too. But, you know, fast forward a couple of years and I met my wife. She was finishing uh, her doctorate in physical therapy. And at first we were like, oh, she's going to be a doctor. She's going to be a physical therapist. You know, multiple six figures in student loans is not a big deal. And not to get into too much details, but some of the college marketing involved with that tells these students, like, don't worry about it. Um, she was told basically, hey, use income-based repayment, which is, you know, they base your payment on your income. Do that for the next 20 years. And at the end of the 20 years, apply to have your loan forgiven. Okay. And when we got engaged in 2015, I had reconnected with some friends that were very successful. And I had just bought on that truck because I was uh, now an administrator at a high school in athletics. I thought I was like, cool. Uh, even though the pay raise was like that much. Well, you are and, cool. No, thank you. Thank you. You're cool too. And and at the end of the day though, um, my wife doesn't think I'm cool though, but <laughs> she, she gets annoyed with me sometimes because I've been sitting around the house driving her nuts. But you know, my friend was like, Hey, what are you going to do with your student loan debt? And I was like, I don't have any. I mean, I had a little bit left. I think I was around 20 and I was like, we're just going to do this income based repayment thing. And uh, we'll wait 20 years, then it'll be forgiven. He goes, you realize that that's probably not going to happen, right? And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, dude, he's like, you're going to wait 20 years. He's like, you need to talk to one of my friends who's like a pretty, pretty smart guy. This guy was like a multimillionaire. And he started doing some math. And he was like, look, the income-based repayment, and he did the math. He's like, if you pay that for the next 20 years, he's like 240 payments. He's like, you're going to basically pay off these student loans that you have right now. He's like, so either way, you're going to be paying the full amount of about $278,000. Whether you do that in a four-year span, 10-year span, or 20-year span, you're still paying that. And then he goes, but if you wait 20 years and that interest goes up, he's like, you're going to be paying that and then hoping that the rest gets forgiven. And I go, point taken. And thank God we had someone in our life to, to say that to us, because if not, we would have just done the IVR. And, you know, I think it's, point, it's important to point out, I, I kind of irritate people when I say this, like, I don't like IBR. I think that's a, a terrible plan. That'd be like if your car company said, hey, oh, you can't pay $150 a month for your car payment, just pay 20. Okay, well, if you just pay 20, you're never going to pay that car off. The $150 payment is designed to pay off that car in the set amount of terms. So your student loan payment is designed to pay off your student loan in 10 years. Well, if you start using income-based, you're not going to pay down the principal. And that's why you see these stories of like, I made five years of payments and my student loans went up. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't pay enough to pay the principal. Now, that's a whole nother story in itself. Like I think student loan reform is 100% needed. No one should be profiting on student loan. It should be a small, small interest rate. And I think there needs to be some education up front before these students take out student loans like my wife. I mean, even she, hindsight's 2020, but she'll say she'll never 
she would never recommend to anyone to do what she did when it comes to student loan debt. She's not saying don't get your degrees, don't get a graduate degree, but there are smarter ways to go about doing it. I mean, one of her big things was she also took out six figures to get her undergraduate. So not only did she take out six figures for graduate school, she took out six figures for undergrad combined. That's how we ended up with 300,000. So that's kind of our story. And think how we had someone that kind of came into our life and showed us uh, some things and basically said, Hey, you guys make enough money in your careers to pay this off in a four or five year window. If you just put a lot of things on hold. I mean, we didn't, you know, it's funny when we said we were going to pay off our student loans, people said we were crazy. Now that we paid off a lot of student loans, people say, oh, you're lucky. I'm like, well, which one is it? Am I crazy or am I lucky, right? And, and what it is is we didn't take a honeymoon, right? We, we still haven't taken a honeymoon. We didn't, um, we took all the money we made from our, not made, but all the money we got from our weddings or Christmases or birthdays, this always went to student loans. I did sell the $42,000 truck and I now drive a, a little Kia. It looks just like the little red emoji in the, uh, on your cell phone when you send a text. Nice. identical to it that's why i say i got the car just to relate to the emoji uh, my wife we just purchased a car cash this year it was a nissan um and that was because her car was an older kia as well with 120,000 miles on it and uh we live in a very affordable home very fortunate there i bought town 10 right after i started my first year teaching so very fortunate to have living expenses low but i was just telling my younger brother last night he's looking into buying a home I told him like, you have to rent the rooms out. We rented rooms out as a married couple. I mean, I rented, I rented rooms out for eight and a half years. And that is one huge thing I recommend to all millennials, especially young people with debt, do not get a one bedroom apartment. I mean, it's literally, we've met people who are spending 65% of their income on just rent. And you're never going to get ahead if you're spending, honestly, most personal financial planners say you should not spend more than 30% of your income in, in housing expenses. And I get it. Some places are, you know, DC being one of them, but I will say you have to figure out a way to keep that, those living expenses down cash flow free. If you want to pay off your student loan debt. And that's honestly to kind of not to go on a little rant, but I really transitioned um, with my blog to kind of helping people make more money. Cause I've realized that that is really the trick that I, maybe I was lack like, yeah, I was always telling people, well, this is how we paid off our student loans. But the surface level stuff is the truth of the matter. If you go a layer deeper is we just, we said make more money and you can do that by side hustling. You can do that by working more. You can do that by cutting your expenses or you can do it by all three. We did all three. So. Well, I think you hang on a good point where there comes a point where you have to become an adult and you yeah. have to, you're laughing at that, but you do, you have to just wake up and say, okay, I can't keep just spending money I don't have. I can't go on trips. Like you put a a great example of uh, putting off your honeymoon and in order to accomplish this goal. And my wife and I did something similar where we built the house that we're in right now and that cost quite a bit of money and we knew going in. So before we built this house and moved in, we were doing things like going on baseball trips where we would go like, I think we had one year where we went to Cincinnati, St. Louis and Kansas city in one week. Plus we went to a concert and just saw baseball games. Right. 
Then we went to the Midwest. We went to both Chicago stadiums. We went to a couple of cool places in Chicago. The, the oh, God, the improv place. Like, Second City, which okay. was amazing. So we did all this cool stuff. We went to Milwaukee, went to some breweries. We went to Minnesota. You know, we went to Hell's Kitchen. We did all this really cool stuff. But there comes a point, like, we haven't done any of that since. And it was because what's important is having this investment, making sure we have money, making sure we can keep up with the payments, make sure we can keep our debts at bay and, and, you know, get rid of them. And, you know, there comes a point where I think we all kind of, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you want to look at it, we wake up and say, it's time to buckle down. And I feel yeah. like you hit that point. Which yeah, is, I mean, uh, for for my, my age generation especially, I think, you know, I, I truly believe that wisdom and forward thinking stems from your ability to look at what's happened in the past or look at someone who's further ahead in your life and to, to draw from that. Like I tell my, I'm a high school teacher. I tell students all the time like this, these tips to be successful. And I'm like, you guys got to focus on personal finance and that's the most important class. And they just roll their eyes. And I realize that I'm like, it, you know why it's not important to them? I'm like, cause they don't have to worry about it right now. They're, they're 16, 17, their mom pays for everything. Like I didn't get serious about personal finance until I married uh, or was getting married to a woman who had some, some serious student loan debt. Before that I was, man, I was thought I was cool. I had every, I, I got everything I wanted that I worked hard for. I thought I worked hard. And so I think the biggest thing communicating to young adults is like what you just said, like, they're like, do I really have to give up baseball games? It's like, we decided to trade giving that up for three years so that for the next future of our life, we could go to those as many times as we wanted. Right. And that's the exact logic that I have with all the steps in my life. Yeah. I had one point where I had like $20,000 in credit card debt. Oh, yeah. That really came to a head when I know I was telling you about previous relationship before we got on here. Right, right. And at that point, you know, that person just kind of picked up and moved on with their life. And right. I'm like, holy crap, what am I going to do with yeah. all this debt? So. I, for some crazy reason, I found, like, I looked for years to find a good, like, credit debt resolution company, and there's so many out there, and there's so many that I feel bad about, but for some reason, in that moment in time, I found Freedom Debt Relief. They had a program I was comfortable with, and I also felt like, well, I either gotta do this, or I'm completely screwed. So right. I went ahead and did it, and it turned out really great. I didn't do anything for at least a year. Didn't, I had one credit card that yeah. had like a $500 limit. I, all I did was work. I worked like crazy amounts of OT, and I just put everything on hold. And within yeah. a year after going through their program, Everything was paid off and everything was good. And I was ready for the next chapter. So it's all about sacrifice in my opinion. And life's long. I mean, you got got to approach everything with 
life's short, right? But you also got to keep everything in perspective and realize that life's pretty long, right? And, you, you know, a year, two, three, four, like, we'll be – I can't even explain. I don't even know what it's going to feel like when we're debt free in 2020 at the end of this year. But I know when we have six, five, six, seven thousand dollars freed up that we're just no longer having to pay student loans debt with. I mean, I, I'm so excited to pay off my house now. Like that's my next goal. Like, it, you know, you take like one thing that I think people struggle with and, you know, kudos to you for delaying the good for a little bit of time is that most people don't see their rewards down the road. So they don't ever take the action to go even get close to getting those rewards. Right. They yeah. look at, they look at like the big picture and it scares them. So they don't take the small steps. And my whole life I've been impulsive as anything. Um, my mom said when I was a little kid one time, like I, I got this stack of coupons at the grocery store. Or I think it might've even been, I think it was, I got the stack of coupons at a grocery store. We went to a baseball game for free and then at the baseball game, they had these calendars. And when I took all the calendars, my mom was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm going to sell these. And she's like, you're crazy. I was like seven. The next day, I went and sold them all for a dollar a piece. And I came home like $25. And she's like, where did you get all that money? I'm like, I sold all those calendars. And she's like, to who? I'm like, I just went to the neighbors and sold them for a dollar a piece. And so like, in one hand, I've mean, been very impulsive. So I'm not afraid to take action. But I think so many adults, not even millennials, it's an adult, adult thing they're afraid to take action in their life. They're afraid to take a step. And I get it. Like when the, when it's this big thing, it's scary. So I always, one thing I tell young people is take a step back, say, okay, my goal is to get debt free. Don't worry about the end goal. What are some small instantaneous things you can start doing right? Not, not tomorrow, not Monday right now. Oh, I can get rid of my Netflix subscription. Boom. Get rid of that. That's 10 bucks. Right. And just start you kind of start compiling that. Cause I, the reason I just went off on that was we have, we make about five to seven grand in student loan payments every month. And people go, well, it must be nice to have that much money to pay your student loans. Well, in 2014, I had $300 every month left over. So very small amount. My wife had a little bit more. Um, when we started kind of analyzing some things, I mean, just getting on a budget alone, we were like, wow, we have $1,300 freed up. Well, that allowed us to pay off her car. And then we were able to pay off my car. And then guess what? Now we had $2,000. Then we paid off my student loan. Well, guess what? Now I had $2,500. And you start to get in this progression where because you just took a little bit of action and compounded daily over time, you see some pretty cool results. And so I always just tell people taking action is just key to life and going for it. Well, a couple things. First of all, you're the first person other than me to say life is long because I, it, life is very short, but it's also long. Yeah. I appreciate that you said that. You and I are on the same wavelength. I like Thank that. <laughs> there you go. Second of all, I think that you're touching on some good points, and I feel like a lot of what you're saying is reflected in your blog. You talk a lot about the action that you can take and all the things you can do yeah. to minimize your debts. And I know one thing that I am guilty of, I used to be good at it like six, seven years ago when I was paying off all that debt. It's just how much all those subscriptions add up. Yeah. So many things. Like I told myself I love to play Mario Kart Tour on my yeah. phone. Oh, I love Mario Kart. Mario Kart's like 
I wish I could go back and play Mario Kart Wii and Nintendo 64 again. Well, you can play Mario Kart Tour on your phone. I don't know if you knew that. No. You should have told me that. Now you just gave me a bad habit to start doing on my phone. So It is a bad habit, and it's tremendous. I highly recommend <laughs> it. No, you got to have fun sometimes. I'm just kidding. So the thing about that is that you can play for free, and it's totally fun, but you can have even more fun and have more upgrades with the gold membership. Yeah. And I fought like hell for months. I'm like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> My wife's already doing it. And then I finally gave in recently. I'm like, fine, I'm going to do it. And it's, it takes a lot of mental discipline. It's kind of like me upgrading my Hulu so that I can have Disney Plus so I can yeah. watch The Simpsons all the time. And right. that's how yeah. you get it, It's fine if you have the money, but yeah. if you have more important things stacked up against you, you don't necessarily have to do all those things right. you recommend on your blog, like right. walking dogs and doing all that kind of stuff. You can just stop yep. subscribing to so much stuff, which I need to take my own advice. But, yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, I think sometimes you can, like sometimes I can irritate people and, and I don't mean to irritate. I, I, I honestly think that you got to be truthful with people. And at the end of the day, so I'm working on a post right now and the, the main keyword is to talk about paying off student loans. Right. And I was just, I went to the, the keyword and looked it up on Google and it was like Forbes, nerd wallet, student loan here, right. All the big dogs, they all say the same thing and they all don't No offense to them. And I'm not hating on them. They have other good articles. And I, I think I read those articles, but like they all were like refinance your student loans, public service forgiveness. Like none of them were actionable. Like the, the, the search I was looking for was how, like, how do I, do it what are some things i can do not basically go through us and refinance with this company or go to public service loan forgiveness or pay like i wanted to know how and so i always try to offer perspective like one thing we did was we paid off our cars and drive cheap cars you don't have to do that because some people i have a buddy he's awesome he loves cars and he doesn't have student loan debt and his car he got a good deal on it he only owes a couple grand as payments like i mean Honestly, it's not costing him a lot of money. He's got a nice car. Why would I ever say, oh, you're, you need to pay off your car and sell that and save that money. Now, do I want to have that car? No, but there's things that I enjoy, like this shirt and this hat. Um, I like running and working out. So I like a specific brand and that's what I enjoy. Um, but I think at a point in our lives, we all have to put a, put something on hold, even if we truly enjoy it. And for a lot of people, we put the gym on hold for three years. We didn't have a gym payment. Um, and what was cool was we were able to reintroduce that into our budget last year because of some of the, the money we had freed up that it made sense. Um, but now with all this working out at home with the quarantine, I think I'm going to get rid of my gym membership again. I don't even need it. I've, I've gotten used to working out in my backyard and stuff. So, Well, one thing that my wife and I did, and she did more for me than anything, but uh, – she bought me an elliptical for Christmas, but we're not actually paying for the elliptical. Our payment is coming through the iFit coach that we have. So it's not an actual coach that I talk to and they're like, get in shape and right. you know, hustle. But they're, it, it's all like, I guess for lack of a better way to put it, videotape. 
and I can just click, oh, I want to do that workout today. And cool. it's kind of like a cost-saving-ish way to have the elliptical yeah. and also have that available. So I don't know if that's something in your budget, but I'll throw that in there. As yeah, well. So she uses like the Les Mills on-demand workout from home programs. And so, yeah, she used to do the spin thing. Um, we have a little gym in our community that's, that, that has enough stuff that's free with our HOA. So, but it's closed right now, obviously. So. Yeah. yeah, free is also good. I don't want to, you know, mess up your, uh, your advice or anything. Free is also good. <laughs> no, free, free is always good. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I truly don't believe there's anything in life that's free. Like, we have a free gym, but our HOA payment pays for it. And every year, HOA goes up to pay for the gym again. So it's and in, inadvertently you're paying for it somehow. It just maybe not directly paying for it. So. Well, the one thing I like about this conversation is I think it's presenting the listener with two different perspectives. So I've kind of, even though I still have like a mortgage and obviously have some debts that I got to pay off still, it's like I've at least gotten myself to a point where I can have some of this stuff and I'm managing it. Although I should cut back on all the subscriptions. I, I have way too many of them. But Yeah, I mean, you don't have to though. Like, like it goes back to is like, what do you, like one of my big things between 20 is like, what do you value, right? And I think if you can align your values with your goals and then take actions towards those goals, get them all aligned, man, you'll, you'll, you'll never have to worry about money, happiness, anything. Right. But I think that there's such a sense of values. And, and when you say values, people think, Oh, like, are you talking about like God and like family? No. Like what do you value with your time? What do you value with your health? What do you value with your money? And it goes back to like, if you like playing Mario Kart on your phone and you want a subscription, the gold subscription, then go for it. Like that, you know what I mean? Like, like that brings you joy and, in 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 uh, entertainment and it's something you like doing with your wife like everyone is different and I think that we live in a world where you know I tell my students all the time like, it's actually really easy to be successful it's easier now than it's ever been you know think about it our grandparents mark 40 50 years ago could not do this they couldn't sit on the internet they couldn't they couldn't do any of this stuff so if you didn't know someone and if you didn't have a college degree you pretty much were blue collar and you had to work hard and some people couldn't make it that way. And that's yeah. one of my motivations for why I'm doing all this to begin with. Yeah. I can remember 20 years ago wanting to someday be a public speaker, someday wanting to write a book and do things like that. I think when I left my job that you know, I got a buyout package for being there for 10 years, I decided to leave. Right. And I started looking at myself and I said, hey, all this technology is like at my fingertips. There's like a world out there. There's no reason, even if I wind up sucking at what I do, there's no reason for me to at least not try it if it's in my gut and in my heart. Right. I need to just go out there and try it. And by having that attitude, it is taking me from just wanting to be kind of mousy and write blog posts and that's it to doing all this. Like I've come 
such a long way in like three or four years. It's unbelievable. And, Hats uh, off to you. Yeah. Yeah, it's all baby steps. Yeah, you don't you don't have to do a podcast to feel that way. It can be whatever your goals in life are. Yeah. I think I think that's another thing that trips people up. Uh, I just wrote a post that's uh, publishing on Thrive Global, and I talk about how perfectionism and and thinking that you have to do everything right is actually um, it's probably one of the biggest things I think people are having tough time with in life right now. I mean, I see it firsthand as a teacher where we've kind of put this model where you have to be perfect. Like I told one of my coworkers one time, I'm like, the fact that we expect kids to be good at seven subjects, to not be good, to be great, to get A's is asinine. I was like, to to think about it. I was like, that'd be like asking us as teachers to be an amazing teacher in science, math, English, and history. And then three, three, you know, so electives. I'm like, why do I only teach history? Because that's what I'm good at, you know, not good at, but that's what I focused on. And so I think sometimes perfectionism and, 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 and needing to feel like you need to do everything right. It it scares people. And so congrats to you for, you know, just taking some baby steps and you starts with writing and then it starts with, okay, I interact with this person on Twitter and then I started an Instagram page. You know what? I'm going to get on YouTube and make a video. And along the way you grow your confidence in yourself. Cause look, let's face it. The, the, the toughest people in the world, we all have something that, that scares us about ourselves. And we have the, the bad habit of human nature to compare our worst quality to other people's best qualities. Right. Yeah. And, and instead of comparing our best, like, and I got to a point where I want I, cause I do some coaching in life, like with people, like whether it's financial or just success coaching. And I go, I wrestled, right? I'm like, you've never wrestled, let's say. Have you wrestled, Mark? No, just okay. uh, WWF with my brother. There you go, there you go. Body slams me, right. DVDs right. me, that's about it. Yeah, so it would be really, you wouldn't even compare yourself as a wrestler to someone who wrestled at a high level, right? No. Yet we do it all the time in the real world. I don't get it. We, we go, oh, man, like, I could never do that. I'm like, I actually, it actually like, it's a hot button with me. I'm like, why are you comparing something you've never done to someone who's put tons of effort into I'm like that actually, like, I, I, I can't, it gets me going when people go like they're online and they're like, Oh, this person, you know, let's say like they made a million dollars blogging. Like, Oh, they just got lucky. I'm like, dude, do not justify your position because that person probably worked really hard to get that far. And you're just negating their success to make yourself feel good. Instead, don't compare your lack of success in that arena to them yet. Go work and then assess, right? And so I think it goes back to just not comparing our worst to people's best, but instead not comparing yourself at all. Like that's a huge thing is just not comparing, taking steps to make yourself happy and get the results you want in life. So I love that perspective because I think because of social media and just the availability of information and being able to see even what maybe your high school classmates are up to and trying right. to measure yourself up to something like that or you become immersed in a community on social media and you get to a point where you get familiar and you're like, oh, well, that person's having all this success. They have sponsorships and whatever. 
you know, I should be that good. Why isn't it right. happening to me? Right. And that happens a lot. I mean, we're all human. I mean, yep. it, it's going to happen to some degree to, I think, just about all of us. But I think we have to get to a point where we wear blinders and just focus on us because that's really what's going to matter, putting the energy into focusing on where somebody else is at that's just going to hold you back. Yeah, you know, you, you could, you know, at the end of the day, there's the person looking in the mirror back at you is the one you need to, to make happy. And if you're married to, I believe that you need to obviously make them happy as well. And, and it's not your goal to even like fix everything for your spouse sometimes, but like together as a, as a couple, I believe you should work together on common goals. But, you know, I, I truly think if you're so busy trying to make everyone else happy, um, you're never going to make yourself happy because you're just not living a life true to yourself. And that was me. I, I always, you know, I always joke, I talk tough, but I, I struggled probably with just trying to be like the guy that like that everyone liked, you know, and it, I, I, I look back, I, I truly don't know if there's anyone that truly hates me. And I'm like, at one point, my friend is really successful. He was like, you need to get some haters, dude. He's like, you need to, He's like, he, he's like, don't make him like want to beat you up or anything. He's like, but he's like, you need to learn to say no to people. You need to, you need to stand up for what you, what you believe in. And you need to stop trying to impress people whose opinions really don't matter. And the, the mantra my wife and I adopted um, is, you know, people's opinions don't pay your bills. You've, you've probably heard that. Yeah. True. And so when people say things like, oh, you guys could be investing or you shouldn't worry about your student loans or there'll be student loan forgiveness. I'm like, okay, well, you don't pay my bills. So, you know, or, or we get this one all the time. We, you and I were just talking about this. It's like, when are you going to have kids? Look, I'm not ready to have kids. Okay. And so just, you know, just because maybe you want to interact with my kids or something, I don't know. Like, and people say, oh, you're never, you're never going to be able to have kids on your time. You're right. I'll never be ready for them phys- mentally, maybe physically too, but I can get financially pretty ready for kids, right? Like you can, put yourself in a position to be in a spot to have kids. And that's what we've been. That's actually been our big burn to create some of the things we've created. Um, the last couple of years was, was cause of kids. So, and I know I'm going down a million tangents. So if you want to hone me back in and ask the questions, but this is awesome. Well, you went through an interesting, uh, learning process. I know I went through something completely different because unlike you, I was more or less used to kind of being a little more on the outside of everything and right. was a little more of a loner and did my own thing. So for me to be doing a podcast where it's like, okay, I've decided because of all this stuff that I've experimented with and done on my own, that I'm going to do this. Like, I, I'll be honest, I don't listen to a whole lot of podcasts. So yeah. Doing this was completely like, okay, I kind of have an idea. I'm just going to do my own thing and just what I envision. And that's really been my whole life. Like going into the broadcasting field, that was not something that was encouraged. And it, it absolutely wasn't encouraged at home because I was told to just go get an FM business degree because, yeah. and I, I say that quote unquote, go get a fucking business degree. Right. Because what am I doing trying to go into broadcasting? Am I going to become the next Spielberg? Like, 
Yeah. You know, what, what am I doing? Which I clearly didn't become the next Spielberg, but I had a vision for my life. Right. I knew what was in my heart and my gut. Yep. And some of the things that I was being told by, you know, like my parents and I'm not here to rag on my parents, but. No, your parents are sometimes the, they don't mean to tell us things, but they don't know what they don't know. You know, they're the same ones I tell you, tell students all the time, young people, like your parents are this, probably the reason why you have student loan debt. So don't, don't turn around and take their advice after you get student loan debt on how to pay it off because they don't know because they told you to get it in the first place. So. Well, I don't know if I personally will blame it on them. I'll blame it on me because yeah. I could have probably done some things a little bit differently along the way. I know I built up a, a lot of that credit card debt I had I built yeah. up in college because I was in and out of jobs and right. I could have managed all that differently. Right. But right. Hindsight's twenty twenty at the end of the day. So, but for me to just choose the path that I wanted, it's like I knew what path I wanted, and I was god awful at math in school. I should still be in high school because I was that bad at math. Like right. I don't know how I passed math, but I knew there came a point where I'm like, there's no way I'm going into anything business related or anything. Sorry, my math, cause it's my just... dog keeps asking me to pet her. And if I don't, she'll start whining. So <laughs> it like Robin, like, this is Morgan. She's a pain. Hi, Morgan. Morgan, say hi. She's, she's my, my buddy. She's the one. I don't know if you saw the article. She ate chocolate last year and it costs 40 $4,300. I do remember that, actually. Yeah. I, I do read your content. I do remember that. Oh, yeah, this, gosh. This is, this is Morgan, the infamous chocolate lab that decided to eat a whole bag of brownie batter and cocoa powder. She's a goofball, so. Oh, but, gosh. Well, you'll see my cats running in and out of here all the time. I There was one, I think, last week's podcast. It didn't... No, it was two weeks ago, I think. It didn't actually make it onto the podcast, but I have a cat who uh, hairballs, and I can <laughs> hear her hairballing out in the hall. Like, oh, please don't capture yeah. that microphone. Pets are hilarious. Pets are, pets are too funny, so. And then my other cat, Jack-Jack, he was just in the litter box, which is around the way here, and I heard him <laughs> scratching. I'm like, oh, I... I don't think the mic is going to capture that, but uh, yeah, my you'll see my pets in and out. Pets are allowed. So. Yeah, awesome. But uh, one thing I do want to talk about here and segue into is uh, you talked a lot about happiness, and I want to talk about, so you're doing Money Life Wax on the side. You have an LLC that coincides with that and you have a lot of passion for the financial advising and just everything that you talk about is this something that you want to turn into a full-time gig like where do you see all this going yeah i mean that's a great question and and i'd be lying if i uh, if i said no because i think truly what i am passionate about is just helping other people um, but I think, you know, and, and I think this pandemic has actually kind of woke, 
woken some people up in some different regards to things that I think it's got, you got two trains of people, right? Some people are like, crap, I need to have something else. And then some people are like, crap, thank God I have something that's reliable. So like with teaching and balancing everything I got going on, I'm, I'm pretty happy right now. I'm pretty, pretty content, which, you know, sometimes you don't want to be content. You want to be striving for more. Um, my wife and I have some, some plans, but ultimately we'd like to live at the beach full time. And so for us to do that, yeah, I, I would have to leap into maybe um, a full-time sort of entrepreneur role. We have an LLC. Uh, I mean, it, I will tell any blogger, anyone, once your side hustle starts making a couple hundred bucks a month, it's probably best advice. And I don't give tax advice because that's confusing to get an LLC. That way it protects you. And that way you have some legitimate business write-offs, right? Um you know, your, your, your internet, your computer, your office or whatever. Um, you know, so all that is we have an LLC, which houses the blog houses our marketing company. Uh, I do some content marketing and digital marketing for traditional small businesses. And even that was something that I never had really done before prior to 2017, 2016. But like I said, took a couple steps, learned a couple things. I mean, if you go back and read some of my original articles, they were passionate. They sucked. I mean, they were just <laughs> like, I, I was literally fixing some stuff today and I'm like, oh my God, how did I, who read this? Um, so yeah, you know, I think for now we're, we're pretty, we're, we're doing good. I think we have kids that might change a little bit, which is why we've kind of got some things in the works. So. Hey, you read some of my earliest blogs for, uh, Marky Mark's world, which I wish I wouldn't name Mark my words, but yeah. if you know Recipes for Every Soul, I don't know if you know her, uh -uh. but she gave me the idea for Mark My Words shortly after I created my blog. I was like, ah, oh. so that's where Mark My Words came from. I love it. I love it. You should just, is the domain available? Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't really tried. I've already had this site for like three years so I don't know if I want to change it it's not like I'm getting thousands of uh, well you might be able to redirect it you know I mean this is not a topic that maybe you had discussed but if people are listening like if you do have a maybe I rebrand in my first blog actually so um, you can rebrand it and then redirect all the articles to the mark my words if you want it to um, there's a couple ways to do that so yeah I've I've thought about it I kicking around it's Kind of like some of the other stuff we talked about before yeah. we recorded. I'm, I'm one of those people, I'm not looking to win a sprint. I'm more about winning the marathon. Yeah. So that's kind of uh, where I'm at with that. There was something I wanted to say. I lost my train of thought. Um, I have a tendency to make that happen because I, I, I'm so hyper and ADHD. I go all over the place myself, so. No, you've been uh, amazing to listen to and talk to. I just wish I could remember what I wanted to say now. I don't remember. That you, um, you asked about the LLC. You were on the LLC, yes. So, oh gosh, I, I truly don't remember. Um, so, oh, I do know one thing I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. So, you mentioned, I think it was last year, that you made a couple thousand off of just your blog. And I didn't really read into that too hard. I'd love to know 
exactly if you feel like talking about like how you make that happen because I had a really ridiculous idea for how to uh and the word ridiculous comes from how I met your mother for those who don't know I let that slip in there but uh I I try not to use that kind of word in my podcast but uh so yeah, you made a couple bucks just from blogging, and I had an idea about doing affiliate marketing, like all those baseball trips. I was like, okay, I found an affiliate link for like a Cubs hat. I went to Wrigley right. Field, click on right. the link, and uh, maybe or maybe not, you'll buy something, and I'll make like a dollar. Right. So I had, I was like experimenting because I don't know anything about affiliate marketing, and I yeah. don't, I don't really feel like that's the route you cook with that. But just, no, for- I, I made most of my money digital marketing, and so um, my first year blogging for the complete twelve months was twenty eighteen, and truth be told, I, I didn't monetize my blog with ads until November of twenty nineteen. And actually, I just last week let the ad company I know that I work with know that I no longer want to um, do ads. Uh, I just I don't I don't like them. They don't they don't look good. Um, I think they impact the readers. Uh, just reading, I guess, whatever you want to call it. They're they're when they visit the website. I, I think it just it kind of clutters things up. That's just my opinion. I think everyone's different too. Um, but I made most of my money through digital marketing and through some affiliate people starting their own blogs, um, some sponsored posts. And what I really love to include this year is affiliate marketing, but with products I stand by. Um, I don't really push refinancing a lot, even though I could, because I truly, we refinance our student loans when it makes sense. I think too many people are too quick to refinance when in reality federal student loans have some perks that they maybe should have held on to. Um, that being said, with blogging, you know, there's a couple trains of thoughts, right? There's there's one train of thought. You write high-quality content. I mean, you always have to write high-quality content, but like high-quality SEO content, and you get ads and affiliate sales. And there's other other train of thought where you build a community. Um, I think one blogging pitfall I had was I didn't know my audience, and I didn't know which one of those ways I wanted to go, so I tried to do it all. And I will say to anyone new, um, yes, you need to take action. But when you take action, you don't want to just continue to take the same action and get no results, right? And that was me. So I had to learn which route I wanted to go. And so now I really think I have a good idea of what I want to do. Uh, I really want to hone down on helping people make money and really focus on the life space. I think that's a huge area that people just desire. It's something I really enjoy talking about, mindfulness. Um, You know, I literally must start writing articles about you know, addiction and not, not that I have addiction issues, but I have family members with addiction issues. And I think there's a lot of resources out there for maybe people who have addiction, but there's not a lot of resources out there for people who are dealing with family members that have addiction. Right. Yeah. And I've gone through that in life. And that, that kind of was one of the reasons why I kind of got serious about some things in 2015. I had some very close family members with some serious addiction issues that ultimately said, you know, I can either be the person that they want to emulate or I can, um, I can encourage them and, and, and kind of not improve myself and then they don't have anything to emulate. Right. And so I think with blogging though, you can either be very technical and make money through marketing or you can build a community and you can make money that way and, and go that route. So. 
No, I really experimented with affiliate marketing and I came to the same conclusion as you, which I didn't like the way it looked on my blog. Yeah. And it not only that, but I, I felt like I was really bad at it and it just wasn't working. I literally wasn't making any money. And the problem with me where you're very niche and focused and you clearly have a vision and have a game plan, which is amazing. I'm more of just like, well, this week I want to write about this and tomorrow yeah. I want to write about that. And I got to a point where I started a series on my blog when I turned 40, I decided I want to write about all the things I've learned since, you know, over the course of my life. And for the most part, since last year, that's pretty much the only thing I've been writing, which isn't really going to make me any money, but it makes me feel good. And I feel like, frankly, what I'm doing now, bringing all these people I've met onto this podcast from over the years and having these conversations, I actually do have a theme and an objective with it. It's kind of loose, but... I mean, I, I have, at the end of the day, some kind of a focus. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like that's what you learn when you put yourself out there and you're willing to take those risks. You're willing to fail. Like, I've failed a couple different times while trying to figure things out. But I've right. also had a lot of victories because just the fact that I'm doing this now with you today Right. I would not have even dreamed of doing this. Right. About a year ago, I still wouldn't have done it. Yeah. It all started with me posting video content on LinkedIn. And that happened because I went to LinkedIn local in my area where they encouraged it. They're like, you know, you should do it. And it's really just the community there. It's not like a stuffy networking environment. It's like everybody's cool and, Everybody, you know, you feel like you're on the same boat. And it's through victories like that and putting yourself out there. Yeah. It's going to help you to get to where somebody like you is at and even to where I'm at now, which I haven't made a dime from my blogging or my podcast, but I keep working at it. And I I have had so many victories along the way. And I feel like that's what it's all about when it comes to being an entrepreneur yeah, and working for yourself and exploring your passions and just trying to become something bigger than a nine to five job. Yeah. The serendipity is always outweigh the, the, the income and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I think who, who couldn't use some more money, right? Um, yeah. I think, I think if someone says that they're set, they're probably not realistic with their situation, but yeah, I don't think you, I don't like, I don't think I've, I've written over, I don't know, 250, 300 articles. I haven't written that many articles because I'm passionate about making money. I'm written those articles because I'm passionate about adding value in those areas, which is paying off your debt, making more money and, and getting your life together um, for whatever that means. Right. Um, because someone one time was like, man, you're really not making a lot of money with your blog. I'm like, well, I, I probably would do it if I wasn't making any money and I probably would do it if I was making a lot of money. Right. Like it's not something that I intend to, um, do for the sole purpose of making money. Um, and I think there are ways to monetize anything you do. 
And I think you just have to stay consistent. You have to put action. I mean, I saw a guy one time at like this home thing say he was working like a normal job and he just started redoing furniture because he said that's what he cared about. And, and now he made that a career. And so if you just take action, you start writing, um, you, you'll find your niche. And if you want, if you don't want to find your niche, you'll find your audience and they'll find you. Um, it just got to stay consistent. So, well, I know, uh, we're starting to get a little short on your time because I know you have yeah. a important 18, 18 minutes with the wife, but yeah, I mean, I got time for a few more questions. Well, one thing I wanted to get into was, uh, I know you talk about it on your site, but money life wax. I know there's like kind of a three pronged attack with that. There's meaning behind that. Did you, uh, want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I think if you go to the, if you go to moneylifewax.com, you're like, what is, I get the money thing. I kind of get the life thing. What's the whole wax thing? So yeah, it goes back to taking action and, and being impulsive isn't always a good thing either. It's it's great because you take action. It's bad because you sometimes take the wrong action. I created a Wix website and my domain was literally, I was going to be called the whole ball of wax. Like, you know, like if you do, every, you know, everything merges together and then it was, I was like money, life, and the whole ball of wax. So my domain name was literally like this long. And then quickly I realized I was stupid. So I rebranded to money life wax and I liked it. I was like, it kind of sticks and I didn't really know where I was going to go with it. And then I realized wax can really just mean whatever, whatever you want it to mean. It, it, if you know me on like a personal level, like my friends and family do, I'm just kind of all over the place. And I was like, it just fits so well. Like I got some memes on there. I got some do it yourself. I got the addiction stuff. Um, but what I really truly meant by that is, you know, I, I think money is important. And I think, I think self-improvement is important. I think too many people put that to the wayside. And I think health is important. And I think if you get all this, the, you can't be great at everything, but if you can have some health goals and have some financial goals and have some other areas, self-improvements, you, you'll all around, you'll be great. You'll the whole ball of wax. You'll have that joy. You'll have that happiness. And so that's really where it stems from because let's face it, there's enough, I don't even know, you know, frugal budgeters out there. Like there's only so many ways you can do a budget, right? Like I, I don't know how people write about budgets for an entire blog and hats off to them. I couldn't do it. Uh, I like, I needed to have something that encompasses, like you said, anything I want to talk about, but more importantly, things that add value in different areas of life, because I think people are looking for a lot of different things. So. Well, I think Money Life Wax is is perfect for you. You know, you got a little bit of edge. There's no BS, and I feel like it's a no BS uh, name. Yeah, appreciate it. So, I love the name Money Life Wax. I love the meaning behind it. Yeah. And uh, we're to the point where you can tell everybody how uh, they can find you on social media. Yeah, and, uh, if they want to get a hold of you and you know yeah. get your more of your wisdom, which I wish I had another hour. I'm loving this conversation. Yeah, well, we might have to do a part two. And I mean, I'm off. I'm teaching from home now, so I'll be off until August. But uh, yeah, no, I want to thank you, Mark, for having me on your on your show. And and hats off to you. I, I think it's awesome what you're starting and doing. And and you know what I'll say is just keep doing it. Stay consistent. Keep doing your thing year from now you'll know so much more you'll have an amazing uh whole series of shows and podcasts and youtube videos to go online to help people and uh the two channels that i 
really have been promoting the most, just loving is the Money Life personal finance community. So it's the Money and Life Facebook group. So if you just type in the Money and Life finance community, you'll find that. And then Instagram is Money Life Wax. Um, I post a lot of good stuff on Instagram, but I also have Twitter and then I have a Facebook page. Uh, I'd say Twitter is one that I'm on pretty frequently too. And then um, people get on Pinterest. I actually, it's a long story, but I have, I'm getting like 1.5 million views or, or, wow. or, well, not views, not blog views, but like 1.5 million impressions on Pinterest right now, which social media is, there's, uh, Pinterest is 80% women and uh, Instagram is, is more women than men. So those are areas like kind of carving out a niche there, but yeah. And then my email obviously is on my blog too. If people want to reach out that way. I'm extremely impressed with your impressions because I, Again, I built it up pretty good. I was using Tailwind and doing all that. And then life just gets in the way. And I think you're much, again, you're much more niche than focused where I'm just all over the place. I think what I'm doing with this is probably what I should be doing. Yeah, but, uh, I would say if, if anyone listening is like, what should I do? I'd say pick one and focus on it. I would yeah. not. And, and honestly, I wish if I could go back in 2017, I would have focused the most energy on Instagram. Um, I think 80% is my take. 80% of your time should be on Instagram or YouTube right now. 20%. Yeah. And I just found you on Instagram today. I was like, holy crap. How yeah. did I not know that he was on Instagram? Yeah, I mean, I just, I honestly didn't start promoting it until March. Uh, but 80% of your time, Instagram and YouTube right now, I think. I think Facebook's great, but Facebook's pay to play. Twitter's great for community. I think you should have a Twitter. Um, I, I think Pinterest is great, but they're changing their algorithm. So if you're a aspiring entrepreneur, Instagram and, and YouTube's the way to go. So, well, you're a great follow on Twitter, like really great. I love Appreciate answering it. your uh, questions. You're always looking for engagement, and yeah. uh, that definitely shines through during uh, this episode and. You have about 12 or 13 minutes. So I am going to say thank you very much for sharing and thanks for everything. And uh, definitely would be willing to do a part two someday. This yeah, let's do it. Let's do a part awesome. two. Maybe in uh, maybe late May we can do part two. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll uh, find some time. And uh, thanks for coming on the show. Josh Hastings, uh, Money Life Wax. And uh he knows how to pay off debt, and uh, he's very wise otherwise, too. So thanks for being on Mark My Words, and uh, I'll be back with another episode very soon. Thanks, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. See ya.